Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Joshua chapter 1 real quick. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'll let them get the offering received. Don't forget we have fall harvest coming up next month. Be sure and plan to be here for all of the meetings. You don't want to miss any of the meetings. Glory to God. Brother uh, Christopher Alam will kick it off on Sunday morning. Bring all your Muslim friends. Amen. Get them saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. I've got one I'm working on right now. Amen. I've got a, uh, what would you call it? I've got a convenience store ministry. Amen. You say, well, you know, all these people that own these convenience stores, a lot of them are Hindus, Muslims, and I've got, like, I've got four right now I'm working on. Amen. So, you know, praise God. Befriend people in the convenience stores and people in the restaurants, stuff like that. You never know when God may open a door for you to tremendously bless them and get them born again and brought into the kingdom of God. Amen. Praise God. We're studying spiritual communication. We were talking about the voice of fear the last two services. We talked about how, you know, the Lord says to fear not over there in Isaiah. What is it? Isaiah 41 or 42. I think it's 41. It says fear not. And then he gives us the reason why we don't have to. He says, I'm with you. Everybody say, I'm with you. Now, now then we looked last week about how many times fear is the root cause for pain and for hurt. Anger many times comes from fear. Uh, there are so many different, uh, uh, how can I say this? manifestations of fear in people's lives through stress, through anxiety, through depression. A lot of it, you go right back uh, to the root cause or to the, uh, uh, to the foundation or root cause of fear in your life. You know, if you ever had anything bad happen to you, you don't ever want that to happen again. And any indication that it might can cause fear to come into your life. And if you deal with circumstances or situations over and 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 over on a continual basis, then I guarantee you that has a way of kind of wearing on you and causing you just through repetition to fear anything that might happen to you. Now, fear has its basis in judgment. Everybody say judgment. That means a lot of people in the world today, and it's sad to say a lot of people in Christianity, seem to think that any negative thing that happens to them in life, amen, is the judgment of God. I was on, on the phone with a friend of mine over in, in Winnie, good, very close friend of mine, and, and he had some water in his house, and he kept talking about the good Lord this, the good Lord that, and how the good Lord allowed this to happen. I said, now wait a minute. I said, you may not know about rice farming, but I know about the Word. And I said, that's one of the problems with a lot of people is that, listen, God didn't do that, and he said this, yeah, but he allowed it. I said, no, he didn't. I said, that's where people get off. God does not allow that which goes on on the earth, which is negative, where Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God doesn't say, well, I'm just going to allow that to happen. Now, people have a hard time with that because we're so religiously brainwashed. They think anything that happens. You know, I, I, I heard a guy say this one time. He had written an article about the Vietnam War. He had gone to Vietnam and he'd, he'd been there for like a year and he came back and he wrote an article. Now this guy was an agnostic, an atheist. But he made this statement in his article. He said, Christianity says God's in control. But I've just spent a year in Southeast Asia. And if God's in control, he sure has this thing in a mess. 
Well, listen, God's not in control. Now, what God is in control of is creation. You say, he's in control of the stars and the moon and the sun and the earth, the, the physical earth. But this world system belongs to the, what 1 Corinthians calls the God of this world. That's why it's in such a mess. Now, the more you yield to God and the more you submit to God and the more you serve God, the more control God has in your life. I don't believe that, that, that anybody ever gives God total and full control. I, I, just, I just don't think, I don't know if that's possible. Because you still have to deal with your mind, you have to deal with your flesh, and there's all kinds of negative things in the earth and the world system you have to deal with. I mean, we do our best to be totally submitted, uh, you know, totally uh, consecrated to God in every area of our life, but I don't know. If, I, if God was to appear, appear in front of me and say, have you given me total control, I'd have to say no. Amen? Now, the problem we have many times is that we try to control everything around us when we're out of control. Amen? And that's so frustrating to try to control what's going on at work and going on in the neighborhood and going on in, in, in politics and going on you know, at the beach and going on in the bay and going on here and going on there. Listen, you know, yeah, that's going to so frustrate you, you're not going to know what to do. So what I did years ago is I began a, a, a quest to control myself with the Word of God to take possession of my own faculties. You say, well, have you been 100% successful? No, I haven't. But I've been working on it for 35 years. The Bible actually says it like this over in, the, over in the letters to the church. It says that we might possess our own vessels in righteousness. You say, what does that mean? That means your flesh isn't in control. That means your mind isn't in control. That means you're in control. But we're going to literally have to allow God by the Spirit and by the Word to take control of our lives. And the more He takes control, the more we are freed from fear. And many times the basis of that fear is a fear of messing up and God's going to get you. But I got good news. God's already got you. And He got you in love. And He got you in righteousness. And He got you in peace and holiness. And all the good things of God, that's how He has gotten you. But He's not going to get you and try to hurt you and mash you and squish you. And, and if there's anything left of you, then He might do something with that. He's not going to do that. That's not our God. Amen. Well, I know amens aren't real strong sometimes when you say that. But you're being delivered from a religious mindset, so you ought to thank God for it. Here in Joshua chapter 1, let me read in verse 1. It says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, our servant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give thee, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that, now notice how God says it, that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses. Now, now, a lot of people say right there, now wait a second. What do you mean you've given it to us? Notice it's a past tense phrase. That have I given unto you. Just go put your feet on it and claim it. Just go put your feet on it. I've already given it to you. Now you'd say, now wait a second. It looks like we might have to fight some Amalekites over there. It may look like we might have to fight some Hittites over there. It looks like we're going to have to fight the Canaanites and the Philistines. You know, you could come up with all these battles you might have to fight. But listen, if God says he's already given it to you, he's already given it to you. 
and I got good news. He's already given you salvation. He's given you healing. He's given you prosperity. He's given you righteousness, peace, and joy. We might as well go ahead and just put our foot on it and claim it in Jesus' name. Amen? Now notice what else he says here. He says, From the wilderness of this Lebanon, even unto the great river Euphrates, all of the land of the Hittites unto the great sea, toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not be any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. And as I was with Moses, I will be with thee. I will not fail thee. I will not forsake thee. Now listen, if God tells you, I'm not going to fail you, and I'm not going to forsake you, you ought to believe it. Amen? One of the biggest fears that tries to get on Christians is this. If I step further into consecration, if I step further into submission, if I step further into serving God, if I become more diligent toward God, if I become more on fire for God, what if He fails me? He's not going to fail you. There is no way you can get more on fire for God, pray more, give more, come to church more, go on outreaches more, give more to mission. There's no way you can do that and God forsake you. He cannot lie. The Bible says He is truth. Everybody say, He is truth. Now, we've tried to give these illustrations before. I don't know if they register or not, but it's always impressed me. I heard it from a, a wonderful teacher of the Word of God associated with the Foursquare denomination, Dr. Roy Hicks. And he made this statement one time. He said, you have to understand that God is not such a good God that He chooses not to lie. That the capacity of good has filled up to the point where He chooses, oh, I'm just not going to lie. God has no choice. Everything that comes out of His mouth is truth. Let me say that again. Everything that comes out of his mouth is truth. And if it goes contrary to the facts, then the facts have to change to line up with the truth. You say, what do you mean by If God walked into the, to the door, uh, it's, it's 10 minutes after 8 by my watch. So if God walked in the door and said, it's 10 o'clock, the whole world Amen. would reverse to 10 o'clock or would, or would fast forward to 10 o'clock. You say, well, you, that, that's impossible. With God, nothing's impossible. He said, well, I don't believe that can happen. So it happened in the Bible twice. It happened for Joshua, and it happened for Hezekiah. Amen? So you've got to understand, when God says it, it's true. And when He says, you're not going to fail, and I'm not going to forsake you, you have to use your faith to grab a hold of that. You say, how do I do that? You've got to start saying to yourself, God's not going to fail me. God's not going to forsake me. God's not going to fail me. God's not going to forsake me. God's not going to... Thank you, Lord. You're not going to fail me. You're not going to forsake me. You're a good God. You're a God of your word. You are the truth. You are the way. You are the life. You're not going to fail me. You're not going to forsake me. Amen? Now notice what it says. Let me read verse uh, 5 again. There shall not be any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. Everybody say, be strong and of a good courage. Now look at your neighbor, look him right in the eye, and say, be strong and of a good courage. Now you know what, I, you know what that actually saying? It's saying, don't be afraid. It's saying, don't be afraid. It's saying, fear not. Don't be afraid. Now, I could imagine by being Moses' servant or minister 
for 40 years in the wilderness, he had some apprehensions about the church he was pastoring. Amen? You say, why? The people failed Moses, but God didn't. I said the people did, but God didn't. And I guarantee you there's probably some apprehensions in Joshua thinking, I don't know if I want this job or not. But God said, as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. Don't be afraid. You're not going to fail. But here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to be strong and you're going to have to be courageous. Everybody say courageous. Now listen, if you're going to serve God on, on levels that increase faith to faith, glory to glory, you're going to have to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might and you're going to have to be courageous. Now that just doesn't mean to say, well, I'm going to go off to a, to a nation like Nicaragua where there may be some danger there or to some other nation where there may be. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about when it comes to your faith and acting upon your faith, you cannot let fear rob you of what faith is telling you to do. You're going to have to obey your faith by using all your courage. All the courage that you have to do what? To obey God. You say, well, God's told me to do something. I'll tell you, I don't know if I can do it. Yes, you can. You need to start being strong in the Lord, and you not need to start being courageous. Because it's in that next act of faith that your breakthrough comes. Oh, we'll get back on that in a minute. Be strong, be of a good courage. Courage. I went to the dictionary. Courage is the mental and moral strength to, preserve, to persevere and withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. Now let me say this. Let me read to you again. Courage is what? This is the most simple, de simple definition I could find. Courage is the mental and moral strength to persevere, withstand danger, fear, or difficulty. Listen, it takes some courage to serve God. Amen. You say, what do you mean by... Listen, God, Jesus, the Holy Ghost, never promised us a life without problems. Actually, just the opposite. They promised we're going to have some. He said, now why would they say it? Because he knew where he was leaving us. He knew where we would have to live 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years. He knew where we would have to abide for this period of time, which is just a short time compared to eternity. He knew there would be devils. He knew there would be demons. He knew there would be sickness, disease. He knew there would be the flu. By the way, we're having free flu shots here on Sunday. So everybody come get your flu shot. There'll be no needles involved. <laughs> Unless your wife needles you. Amen. Everybody say, be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall I divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them only be thou strong and very courageous. Now he amplifies it by adding an adverb to it. Be very courageous that thou mayest observe to do all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee turn not from the right hand nor to the left that thou mayest that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Now, here's, here's one of my favorite verses, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. There needs to be a constant rehearsal of the promises of God in your life coming out of your mouth. Amen? 
I mean, all the time. We, we have confessions written up, but you need to do your own. I thank God for everybody that gets a hold of my confessions and doesn't, but you need to do your own. We have confessions over the Word. We have confessions over health. We have confessions over wealth. We have redemptive confessions. We have prayers that we pray. I have confessions over the church. I have confessions over ministry that we do outside the church. I'm telling you, your mouth ought to be full of the Word of God every day. Listen, whatever is in you, when you get squeezed, is going to come out of you. Amen? We were up in... uh, uh, hospital room, not this Saturday, Saturday night before. Leah and I and Pastor Paul Chase went up to pray uh, for uh, uh, Dr. Prusmack. And as far as I was concerned, we walked into that ho- uh, hospital room, intensive care room, and I thought, this guy's done. I mean, I was just like, oh my God, you know. He must have had, I never, I never saw more machines hooked to a guy. They had racks of them. They were breathing for him. Some stuff for all kinds of medicine. Just, just, you know. And we walked in there, and Letitia was just, Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! I tell you, he's going to come out of it. Glory to God! You know how she is. Yeah. Amen? She may be here. I don't know if she is or not. I still tell it. Glory to God! Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! It's okay! It's okay! And so Paul and I, we just laid hands and hooked up with her faith, and we prayed, and the next morning, Doc woke up. Yeah. Sat up in bed. They took all the gear off of him, put him in a room downstairs, and this week they're taking him to physical therapy. Took a little courage. Took not I mean, she could have said, oh, my God, looks like I was going to lose my husband. No, she never said that. She just kept the word, the word, the word. We left. She was smiling and praising God. Amen. I'm telling you, the word works. It worked for Joshua. It worked for Moses. It worked for all the nation of Israel. It'll work for you. Now listen to this real quick. Then we've got got two more verses i got to get to. Did you bring your shouting shoes, running clothes? Shouting clothes, running shoes. There we go. (laughs) This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Now notice this, that thou mightest observe to do... You can't obey any faith that you don't have. Amen? You say, now what did you say? I said you can't obey any faith that you don't have. But if you have faith, you can obey it. Because having the word in your mouth prepares you to observe to do. And James says to be a what? A doer of the word. Not just a forgetful hearer but a doer of the word. Every time you confess, thank you, Father, by his stripes I'm healed. Thank you, Lord. You supply all of my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Every time you confess the word of God, it is preparing you to observe to do. Amen. Now notice what happens when you observe to do. That thou mayest observe to do all that is written therein, For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have what? Good success. success. That's the only kind of success you want. Amen? What good would it do to have a million dollars or a billion dollars in your life just be going down the drain? Amen? And there's a lot of people today. They've got great wealth and they've got great problems. But God wants you to have good success. 
That means with everything that God blesses you with it, you're able to enjoy it and you're able to share it with others. Good success. Does not compromise the integrity of the word. That means you don't have to cheat to get it. Oh, come on. I'll get a better amen than that. Good success does not harm others for your benefit. Good success is a part of spiritual growth and development. And good success is easily shared with others. Good success leads to future good success. Today's good success produces the seed for the good success tomorrow. Amen? Now we're talking about how to overcome the voice of fear. This is how you do it. You get into the Word. You meditate day and night. You speak it. You get into the Word. You meditate day and night. You get into the Word. You speak it. You meditate day and night. Then when God says it's time to observe, 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 you observe and then you obey your faith and God says you're making your way prosperous and you're fixing to have some good success. Amen. Amen. Now, real quick, let me find my marker here. Go all the way to 2 Corinthians 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4. The Apostle Paul speaking to the church here in Galveston. Now it says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Now listen to this. We are troubled on every side yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Amen. 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 Now listen to that again. Let me, let me, let me, let me read. I like it in the Amplified. However, we possess this precious... What's, What's it talking about there? He's talking about the life of God in you that you possess in your being, in your physical being. Don't you know? He wrote it like this. Know ye not that your, t- your body is what? The temple of the Holy Ghost, that God abides and lives in you. That's not some religious fantasy. That's not some religious theory. Listen, that is the truth. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the earth. Amen? You say, well, I wish I could feel it. Why? I wouldn't take faith then. You don't want to feel it. Let me say it like this. You don't want to feel it. You want to faith it. You say, why? Because the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Amen? For, however, we possess this precious treasure, the divine light of the gospel in frail human vessels of earth that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. We are hedged in, pressed on every side, troubled and oppressed in every way, but we're not cramped or crushed. <laughs> Glory to God. We suffer embarrassment and are perplexed and unable to find a way out, but not driven to despair. We are pursued, persecuted, Hard driven, but not deserted to stand alone. We are struck down to the ground, but never struck out and destroyed. Amen. You what, what's, what's God say? He said, look, you're down there. You're down there in a funky place. 
Amen? I mean, I, I haven't seen any, any tourists from heaven wanting to come back to earth. And matter of fact, everybody, everybody I've known that I thought had a legitimate heaven experience up there in heaven when told they had to go back, they didn't want to come back. They're like, hey, what do you mean? I, I don't want to go back there. So God's telling us, now look, man, that rat that took over the world system, the God of this world, little g, of this world, he ain't going to make it easy for you. You're going to go through some stuff, but it's not relevant. Now listen to me. You have to understand this. I could show you a couple of scriptures to prove it. It's not relevant to your Christianity. See, that's what people think like, I tell you, I never had it so hard since I got saved. Living for God, I'm telling you, that's tough. It's, a, Man, it's the easiest life I ever lived. I lived the other way. It was terrible. I said it was terrible. I mean, you can't get high enough. You can't get low enough. You can't go fast enough. Come on. I mean, and then when you sober up or straighten up, everything looks so bad, you got to go do it all again. Night after night, week after week, month after month, death working in. That's no way to live. And God said, look, get the life of God in you. Get that, get that treasure in your earth, earthen vessel. Begin to live after that light and life. Get the Word of God in your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Observe to do all that is written therein. Then you're going to make your way prosperous. Where is that going to be? In heaven? No, down here on earth. Amidst all this, all this perplexity, all this fear, all this anxiety, all this stress, all this junk that's going on. You're going to weave your way through it and the glory and power of God is going to be in manifestation and everybody's going to know it's not you because you're so great. It is the power of what's on the inside of you, the treasure of Almighty God. Amen. 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 Now go to Hebrews. Because I could stay on that one for a little bit. I better not do that. If I do, I won't make it to Hebrews. Go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13. You'll like this one. Chapter 13, verse 5. And I'm going to bounce back and forth here from the Amplified to the, to the King James. Let your conversation or lifestyle be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he saith, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. One whispered amen. That might be the issue. That, that was your cue to start shouting. That was your cue to start saying, Thank you, Jesus, because you have His Word on it. Just like God gave Joshua His Word, I'm going to be with you, be courageous, be strong in the Lord, be very courageous. Your Savior, Jesus Christ, says to you, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. He said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. Now notice, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. What are we talking about? The voice of fear. Now, listen to this in the Amplified. Oh, you're going to like this. Amplified, there in verse 5. It says, let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money, including greed and avarice, lust, craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstance 
and with what you have. For he God, for he God, let me find it here. For he God himself has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. Now listen, I will not, I will not, I will not in any decree leave you helpless or forsake nor let you down. Now listen, or relax my hold on you? Assuredly not. I didn't make that up. Three times. I will not. That's God getting in your face going like this. I will not. I will not. I will not. You know what that means? means you ain't going to do it. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm not going to relax my hold on you. I'm going to hold on to you. I'm going to hang on to you. I'm telling you, some of you know that by experience. In some of your worst times, God showed up in your life and showed you He has not left you, He has not forsake you, that He is with you, and He's going to take care of you. Amen. Now, this, this other part of this where it talks about being content with what... He's literally just talking about being free from greed, not being covetous. God is not against prosperity. He's against people being covetous. Oh, I got to have this. I got to have that. I got to have this. I got... Listen, I got a lot of stuff I never had to have. Now, let me say that again. I got a lot of stuff I never had to have. God just gave it to me. God just blessed me. I didn't have to have that. I didn't have to have that. I didn't have to have that. God just gave it to me. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. But I'm content with what I have. Man, when I came back to the Lord, all I had when I married Leah, I had a shotgun, two dozen decoys, a surfboard, a lawn chair, and I had a spool. How many know what a spool is? That wire comes on that my grandmother had taken and upholstered with scrap pieces of carpet she had found. Leah hated that family heirloom. <laughs> Amen? So I come moving into our new little rent house we had with my lawn chair, my surfboard, my two dozen decoys, my shotgun. All right, I had a rod and reel. My rod and reel, my lawn chair, and my spool. Said, here I am. And my dog, sugar dog, sugar bear. Here I am. And Leah looked at me and said, No. <laughs> Amen. Listen, God will bless your life. He'll do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think. But you can't look at your life right now and be dissatisfied. God doesn't bless dissatisfaction. You look at your life, you thank God for what you have, you value and enjoy what you have, and God will see your heart, and He will add to it mightily and greatly. Amen. But then in the meantime, He says, listen, I ain't going to relax my hold on you. I'm not going to forsake you. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree let you down. So we can take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified what man can do unto me. Amen. 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 Now this is the Word of God. 
This is one of those things you've got to get where? In your mouth, in your meditation, as you speak the word. Thank you, Father. You said you'd never leave me and forsake me. You said you'd be with me always, even into the ends of the earth. You said you wouldn't let, relax your hold. You said, Heavenly Father, that you would not let go of me, that you're with me in the trial, you're with me in the flood, you're with me in the fire, you're with me in the doctor's office, you're with me in the banker's office, you're with me in the lawyer's office, you're with me everywhere I go, on the highways, the seaways, the airways, the railways, every other way I can travel. You're with me at the job. You're with me at school. You're with me when I'm with my wife. You're with me when I'm with my family. You're with me when I go to church. You're with me when I leave church. You never leave me. You never forsake me. You put the treasure of yourself inside of me so that I can say, you're always with me and you'll never forsake me. I think one of the most amazing, how can I say this? Statements or realities about the Trinity, about the Godhead is that God, the Father, will forever be seated on the throne. Amen. That's right. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, you can prove it by a hundred scriptures. He'll forever be seated on his throne in heaven. Jesus, the righteous Son of God, our Redeemer and Savior that died and rose from the dead for us, will always be seated at his right hand in the place of authority. Now, that's two parts of the Godhead. God the Father... And God the Son or God the Word. But what about the third part? He said, now the third part is going to be where? It's going to be in the church, in us, forever. What did Jesus say about the Comforter? I'm going to give you another Comforter. I'm going to abide with you for three services in the month of June, 1984. It's not what he said. He said, I'm going to abide in you, said, I will be with you and I will be in you. For how long? Forever. That means one part, one third of the Godhead is going to, for the rest of eternity, find its habitation inside of you. Now what's going to happen when you get a glorified body and you can feel it? Amen. Did you know that's why you're going to get a glorified body? Because without that glorified body, you couldn't stand in the presence of God. Without that glorified body, you couldn't stand in the throne of God and worship and praise Him. Without that glorified body, you couldn't travel at the speed of thought around the earth and do the bidding of God and the bidding of the Lord Jesus Christ. Without that glorified body, you couldn't receive the revelation knowledge that God wants the church to have in the millennial reign. Without that glorified body, you couldn't blink your eyes and be on another planet. Without that glorified body, you couldn't be who Jesus died for you to be. And one day, this, this corruption will put off corruption and take on incorruption. And there'll be no more fear. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more aging. There'll be no more of any of that. No more dieting. No more wrinkles. Amen. All the negative things that happen with the aging of mankind will be gone. And you will be forever with the Lord. In the meantime, the just shall live by faith. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He said, I'll be with you always. He said, hey, I love how he said it in the, in, the, in the amplifier. I will, I will, I will. Emphatically assuring you that he's with you. 
That's one of the greatest fears the enemy tries to put on God's people is that God has left them. Amen? You say, well, what do I do when I don't feel God? Well, that's going to be most of the time. You're going to take him at his word. And the more you're able to say it with your mouth, meditate on it, and observe to do it, the stronger it's going to be in you. He'll never leave me or forsake me. I was, I was, uh, had a bad flight to Ireland one time. Man, it was a bad flight. Back then, they flew those old L-1011s. And, and in, especially in, in uh, January, February, March, right in there. You, you, I'm telling you, those, those planes set about 200, 220, 240 people. And I was on many flights where there wasn't 30, 40 people on it. So the plane is light. It's not heavy like it should be. And so they'd go, this one particular time when I had just this horrible flight, uh, that plane uh, went up the Atlantic seaboard. When it made its turn to go across the Atlantic, right under Greenland, Iceland, and into Shannon, Ireland, uh, man, I'm they put the seatbelt sign on, and the seatbelt sign on was, was on for four hours. And I've never been on a plane ride like I mean, that plane shook. It went up, it went down, it went sideways, it went this. Pilot would come on every 30 minutes and apologize. You just can't find any calm air. And finally, we got into Shannon. I was never so happy to be on the ground. Well, the next time, oh, it's about four or five months later, I'm flying to Ireland again. Well, I get, in, get on the plane, and, and it takes off, and we're headed up that, that. The plane always leaves from Atlanta at 8 o'clock. And so you head up that, 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 uh, that eastern seaboard, and they're serving dinner to everybody. Same thing, there was about... 50, 60 people on the flight. And the devil reminded me of the previous flight. And he started reminding me and reminding me and reminding me and messing with my mind. And I just said, now I didn't say, I didn't scream it out loud. I just said to myself, I said, devil, if this plane falls out of the sky and hits the water, they're going to find me sitting on a wing worshiping God. And I started worshiping God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you. And you know, I fell asleep and woke up in Shannon, Ireland. You say, why? Because he'll never leave you or forsake you. Airplane flights. So that's been some of my, I don't know why it's airplanes that always, we had a crusade team going into uh, uh, Puerto Limpira, Honduras. And I'm telling you, the military pilots, two military pilots on a seven, uh, 727, the old 727, and that thing was packed. I had never been on an airplane so packed. People, goats, you name it. They were all on there. And the guy, the, guy that was, the guy that was my worship leader was afraid to fly. And he was gripping that seat. And that plane took off. There was a thunderstorm. We were coming out of uh, uh, La Saba. We landed in, in uh, uh, what's that island? Uh, uh, Roytan. We land on Roytan. And Roytan is a straight runway with a, with a mountain on one side, and you just go right off the cliff like that. And there's a thunderstorm at the end. Just, and I'm thinking, they're not going to take off into this and that. You know, about the time I thought, they're not going to take off into this, they take off. And he's going down the road. I'm going, oh, man. All that, about five nuns sitting behind us. They were polishing those beads. Help me, Jesus. Amen. And that plane took off. 
and it would go, it would go, you could literally feel it. It'd go a thousand feet, and that windshield grab it, shove it down about 200 feet. And it'd go about another thousand, and windshield grab it, shove it back down. And it'd go about another, and that windshield grab it. And so that military pilots, they wing rolled. They wing rolled a 737 upside down. So we're hanging upside down. Who's that guy's name? Roy. Roy Garza. We're hanging upside down, and Roy is sinking up a sapping And I look over, and it just tickled me, so I'm laughing. And when he looked at me, his eyes were this big. He looked at me, and this is what I said. I said, Roy, anybody can stay at home. He started laughing. And we took off and landed in Port Olympia. You say, why? Because he'll never leave you. And he'll never forsake you. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Say this out loud. Heavenly Father, I take you at your word. You are the truth. You are the way. You are my life. And I thank you. What you said is true. You will never, ever, ever leave me nor forsake me. You'll be with me always. You said, I will, I will, I will, I will not loosen my hold. So, Heavenly Father, as strong as your hold is on me, my hold is on you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, jump on your feet and give the Lord a shout. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Lord, and as our tradition is, we always thank you for the protection, safety, and blessing you afford us in Christ Jesus. We declare over the entire congregation, no evil befalls us, no plague comes to our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Thank you, Father. Whether we travel on the highways, the airways, the seaways, the railways, or any other way of travel or transportation, we thank you, Heavenly Father, that we are protected. In the righteous labor of our hands, our children in their schools, our workers in the, in the, out in the ocean, our workers in the medical branch, our workers up in the oil patch, our contractors, our teachers and educators, every individual, every person that handles the resource that you've given them. We thank you that we're not subject to accidents, trauma, terror, evil plans of wicked men, or the devil himself. Thank you, Father, we abide under the shadow of the Most High. Thank you as we leave tonight, there's a great door of utterance open for us. As we go forth into our communities, to our jobs, around our families and neighborhoods. Thank you, Father, we will be an answer to prayer, a problem to the devil, miracle in people's lives. We thank you, Father, freely received, freely we give in Jesus' name. Father, we leave walking in faith and love towards you, in love toward one another. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be, thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.